Hi, good morning, July. How are you? Let me make you speaker. I am trying to uh, copy and paste uh, a number of links that I'm going to talk about into the chat. Well, just waiting for more folks to join. Okay, this is interesting.
Okay, I'm going to get started. So, uh, so good morning, everyone. Good morning, July. Uh, good morning for those whoever is going to join later. Uh, today's topic uh, is actually about uh, more gun violence during the first month of 2023 and the Chinese New Year period. Today is actually the, let me see, the fifth. Today's last day of the Chinese New Year uh, celebration. And uh, I, as I was prepared the, today's episode, there is uh, already two horrendous mass shootings, uh, both committed by Asian Americans, uh, mostly against mostly Asian Americans. One is the Monterey Bay uh, shooting. Uh, I did not come up and uh, uh, comment on the uh, on the event simply because I always prefer to wait till uh, facts, uh, more facts come out. Uh, the more facts, the better. And uh, the second mass shooting is in the Half Moon Bay. Uh, the first one is in Monterey Park, California. The second one is in Half Moon Bay. And of course, I'm going to talk about the, another one, you know, which I always want to talk about, also involving children. So, so as you can imagine, the mainstream media will immediately go to the gun control. Uh, topics. Uh, they would not dig deeper into exactly what happened. So today is, you know, the day I want to talk about why an unequal justice system really breeds violence, breeds violence. And the more violence breeds more violence. Uh, because the violence is never should never be the mean to uh, to achieve justice. It just bring it just brings more injustice, more violence. So, uh, so plus, I have arrived in Montgomery, Alabama. Uh, as a matter of fact, right now, I am stationed right next to the Civil Rights Memorial in Montgomery, Alabama, uh, which I visited yesterday inside the uh, memorial. So it's coming all together nicely. So uh, before I get into the topic, uh, I want to talk about the word of the day. Uh, the word of the day is uh, leftishism. It's a combination of leftishism. Leftishism. I got this idea from this uh, Froster. His name is George. Is it? Oh, now, now I forgot. This uh, George Santos. This uh, newly elected. Uh, Congressman, now he claimed he was Jewish, and then he later clarified he's not really a Jew. It's, he's just a little bit a Jew. So he called it Jew-ish. So I come up with this word just based on, inspired by this uh, Froster. Leftishism is, a, in my opinion, is an exaggerated display of left-leaning passion by the white left and the mainstream media with no real intention or commitment to abolish or fundamentally alter the American system of injustice. You know, the example I will consider will be, uh, I had quite, I saw quite a few of them. They call themselves communists on calling. And uh, I will say that those folks, in my opinion, are one of those uh, 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 activist, uh, in my opinion, that belongs to the ideology of leftishism, 
meaning that you are just saying it to express your left-leaning opinion slash beliefs as a part of a virtual signaling rather than a real solution to uh, to 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 you know to to address this fundamentally fraud justice system so that's the word of the day leftishism and uh, with that i'm going to go into the news update uh, so i have a three piece of news which is uh, quite uh, related to what i did in the past the first one is this they, uh, I think the New York Times uh, have published uh, yet another article talking about the Supreme Court uh, conducting its business uh, with a conflict of interest. This time is directly about the Chief Justice, specifically the wife of Chief Justice Roberts is in the business of recruiting, specifically in the legal professions. Her job is, uh, you know, she she has a consulting business, I guess, uh, where she will recruit uh, lawyers for high-profile law firms. Very frequently, these high-profile law firms argue uh, cases in front of the U.S. Supreme Court. And, uh, of course, the, uh, the general public, you know, naturally will have a question whether having the chief justice's wife doing this kind of recruiting for these high-profile law firms will have an impact on the court's decision on those cases in front of them. Now, I personally believe, yes, it will have a, it clearly will create a appearance of partiality at the highest court. And, uh, you know, and it just shows one more, once again, the court is losing its legitimacy, as I talked about uh, in the last episode. So this is the first news update. The second one is this. The second news update is that I went to the Kennedy Space Center and I did an episode over there. I called it the Weiss Peerage in Space. So in that episode, I have said, I had a very hard time to to find out that one single black astronaut in the uh, on the Hall of Fame uh, exhibits, you know. But I suspect that one person could be an African American uh, by the name of Charles Bowden. Now, I was able to confirm that earlier this morning because uh, Wall Street Journal published a video clip about why NASA is prohibited from working with the, the Chinese aerospace agencies uh, in any space programs. There is a law called the Wolf Amendment, which specifically prohibit NASA to engage in any activities with the Chinese. And, uh, but it was said, in around, I can be wrong about this, in around 2010, when astronauts did try to reach out to the Chinese side to, to see whether there could be some cooperations between the two nations, and that astronaut is Charles Bowden. 
And the Wall Street Journal did show his uh, image. You know, he has a video. He's in the video of this Wall Street Journal. Again, I have paste. I have posted the uh, the uh, this video clip on the uh, 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 in the chat. Uh, you can see for yourself. So Charles Bowden, indeed, is a African American, which I, you know, I'm very happy about. And uh, at the same time, I was like, is that a coincidence that a colored astronaut is willing to reach out to China saying, hey, we are thinking about doing something together? Because almost unanimously, all the white astronauts are China haters. <laughs> and uh, is that a coincidence? I don't think so. Because like I said, there is, after all, white privilege in space also. And uh, so that's the second news update that I learned. The, uh, the uh, third news update I think it's worth talking about is this uh, Hunter Biden's letter to the National Security Division of the DOJ, aka the Deep State, about his desire or demand to have them, again, this is the National Security Division, to have the National Security Division to investigate, among many peoples, the repairman of his uh, uh, Apple computer, uh, uh, Apple laptop. And uh, I have posted a link uh, of this letter in the chat room. I found out to be extremely interesting for a number of reasons. First of all, if, if a mere mis- uh, 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 mere illegal disclosure of uh, his uh, information. By his information, I mean Hunter Biden's information, is a crime. Why it is not a regular crime, but a national security crime? Because this letter was addressed to the head of the national division of the DOJ. So it seems to me to suggest, uh, it seems to me that Hunter Biden is suggest that what he what is on his laptop is of national security interest so let me repeat if someone if you go to an apple store and someone you know stole your information from your iphone or your your imac or or macbook and he you know illegally disclosed to someone else that's a regular crime you probably need to go to your local police saying, hey, this is what happened, and this person should be prosecuted, right? Now, if that person has uh, illegally shared your information on Facebook across the state line, then it becomes potentially a federal crime. Then you can talk to the FBI, saying, hey, someone illegally disclosed my private information. You know, still, it is not a national security crime. National security crime, in, is involving the defense of this country. So why Hunter Biden want to address his demand to the National Security Division of the DOJ, aka Deep State? It seems to me he's suggesting that what he's doing truly is of a national security implications. <laughs> that I think that's kind of another stupidity 
on part of Hunter Biden, because that's exactly what the Republicans is talking about. The Republicans is saying, for Hunter Biden, whose father being the vice president of this country, for Hunter Biden to go around to peddling influence among foreign nations, some of them are the enemy nations of the United States. That's a threat to our national security. So that make it just more interesting. Entire case interesting. Second, if it's not, you know, bad enough, you have any common person will have to ask this question. When Hunter Biden sent this letter to the National Security Division of the DOJ, is he doing it on behalf of the president? Whether it's overtly or in an implicit way. Because after all, who is in charge of the national security of this country? You guessed it right. It's the commander-in-chief of the United States. In this case, it's Joe Biden. So if Hunter Biden believes, if he believes that the disclosure of his laptop is a national security threat, why don't the commander-in-chief send the letter directly instead of having his son to do that? So you will think, if Hunter Biden has so many reasons to believe the disclosure of his data on his laptop is a national security matter, then Joe Biden, the commander-in-chief, should have commanded the DOJ and the national security, the CIA, or the deep state to start coordinating a response about the disclosure of Hunter Biden's information. And apparently Joe Biden did not do that. So the failure for Joe Biden to do that defeated the, 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 the rationale that Hunter Biden is trying to say in that letter. So Hunter Biden is a lawyer. Joe Biden is a lawyer. I'm pretty sure all the deep state operatives are lawyers. They all know the law. They all know what happened and that they all know the entire system is beyond corrupt. So that's the third you know, news update you know, I just want to quickly go over. So, and uh, with that said, I'm going to, going to address the, uh, the uh, mass shooting uh, in California and the one shooting in uh, Upper State New York. So, the 2023 really started very bad when it comes to gun violence. I have said, you know, in one of my episodes in January, is about this uh, Utah father who killed five beautiful children. And then his uh, either wife or ex-wife and the mother of his wife or ex-wife. And... Uh, that happened in January the 5th. And I think two days later in North Carolina, another shooting involving, I think two or three children was involved who got killed, plus the suspect killed himself. And, uh, and you know, and sadly, this thing happened again. 
This time it's in uh, California, Monterey Bay. And the shooter's name, I'm going to try to read it correctly, Hu Can Tran, H-U-U-C-A-N-T-R-A-N. I did not post a link in the chat room only because this is uh, still a fresh news. So I'm pretty sure you can easily Google Monterey Bay shooting, you'll find it. The mainstream media, once again, did a horrible job, which this is why I'm going to talk specifically about these three shootings, three additional shootings that happened recently. Who can trend, in case you do not know? And the mainstream media either pretend they don't know or they deliberately, or they're ignorant, or they deliberately ignore that. Who can trend? is by just by first look, I know, well, likely is either a Vietnamese from Vietnam or from Cambodia or from Laos. Because the way his name is spelled gives away how very likely he is from Vietnam. However, the mainstream media state that he is probably from China, which is not possible. A lot of tweeters, a lot of Asian Americans have pointed out, this guy must have coming from Vietnam. And the reason I want to bring up is this. I have, as I have shared with all of you, I'm a big Vietnam War buff. As you know, a lot of folks in America are Civil War buff. They, they read and breathe, drink everything that is Civil War related. I'm, on the other hand, is a big Vietnam War buff. You know, being that I grew up near Vietnam in China and, and yada, yada, yada. You know, we practice how to go to the bunkers in case there will be an airstrike by the United States and all that. So I'm a big Vietnam War buff. As we, as we know, Vietnam War itself is a deliberate, premeditated war crime committed by the United States. You know, I have said a lot of folks in this country, including the mainstream media, blame the soldiers, the Vietnam War veterans for the war atrocity. The mainstream media really, really point the fingers at the government, especially on the criminality of the government. The most liberal writers, such as uh, Neil Sheen, uh, New Sheenhan, I think, another person is David Hepperstan. These are, you know, these folks are considered the most progressive authors and writers when they wrote about the Vietnam War. The Pentagon paper, another example. In none of these publications, the fingers is pointed at the United States government as a war criminal. They only say, they, the, the worst they will say, it's a huge tragedy. It's out of a so-called, quote, hubris, unquote. I have said in the past, it's not possible. I always want to know what is said behind the closed door, not in the official government document. Basically, you will never use racial slurs in official documents, such as Pentagon's paper. These are the memorandums, meeting notes from all these deep state conversations. I always want to know what is said on the tapped phone line between LBJ, JFK, and his national security advisors. I'm pretty sure... Along the way, the U.S. get involved with the Vietnam because they believe this little Vietnamese, they are no more than five feet tall, 
is going to run away as soon as our napalm bomb falls there on their head. Okay, so you, as, I, you, as you can imagine, you probably can see it on you, by your, your own eyes. A lot of, uh, from those a lot of documentary films, what happened in Vietnam. What happened in Vietnam is probably the most violent things you're ever going to witness, right? Except probably the two nuclear bombs dropped in Japan, right? The napalm bomb is a hell of a weapon, right? I think uh, Hao Wazin, the, the author of uh, 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 the People's History of the United States, no, he is responsible to drop napalm bombs on German troops at the end of the Second World War for the purpose of testing the effectiveness of this napalm bomb, okay? And he has said in his book, at that time, Germany is already surrendered, but the U.S. need to test how effective napalm bombs are. So they dropped on these German soldiers along the French uh, coastline. As you know, the napalm bomb is used in the Korea War on the Chinese soldiers. Okay, there's a lot of horrific description of what napalm bomb does, right? Because I will give you an example. Mao is the only person who directed the Chinese involvement in Korea. All his generals, the military leaders, say, don't do it. But he said, we have to do it. And he put, he put money or to, put his own uh, family members' lives in his mouth, on his mouth. Basically, he sent his own children, his only functionally, uh, a functional son to Korea. And his son was killed by a napalm bomb. The bomb was so, the, the head is so direct. His son is burned together with the two other people. So their bodies cannot be separated. So have, they have to be buried together. Okay. And of course, there's another, uh, there's other many Chinese soldiers who were killed by the napalm bomb. So Mao actually met a mother of a soldier who was also killed by napalm bomb. So we all know how bad the napalm bomb is. And there's a lot of images in the Vietnam War documentary about napalm bombs. Long story short, Vietnam War is the very first time all kinds of violent images is shown on TV. Now, I will give you some idea. If you think what you see on the film is bad enough, it's actually far, the reality is far worse than the, uh, than what you see on the film of those Vietnam War documentaries. I will give you an example. In the My Lai Massacre pictures, the photographer said he had many, many negatives that, are so, that were so horrendous, he actually destroyed all those negatives because he does not want the world and the future generation to see the horrific image of the war. This is the photographer who shot the pictures of the My Lai massacre. On the Vietnam side, as you can imagine, the Vietnam side, they have their own battlefield photographers. And that guy said the exact same thing. There's so many times he has no choice but to delete, the, just totally destroy the negatives of his film because it's just too much to bear. Imagine refugees from these three countries, Laos, Cambodia, we dropped a lot of bombs in Laos and Cambodia, 
these people is already desensitized towards violence. So it's not surprise this Vietnamese immigrant by the name of a Hu Ken Tran, for whatever grievances he had in these dance halls, would carry out the act of such a violence upon people. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. To me, that's the root cause of that mass shooting. This guy has hoarded a bunch of grudges. You know, he has marital problems, all bunch of problems. But the most important thing is this. He came from a very, a country who experienced extreme violence. Now, you know, just by looking at his age, I think he's 72 years old. Take a, you know, make a, do some math. You can find out how old he is. And you can, you know, there's no doubt in my mind. He must, he, just like many other Vietnam veterans and the Vietnamese, was deeply traumatized by the Vietnam War. So to me, it's, I call the violence breeds violence. That's what, how he comes from. Okay, the, however, the mainstream media will never explain those to you. And, well, you may say, hey, hey, Peter, how do you know that? You know, this, this is a one isolated incident. You know, how you can just say this is the case? Well, I will tell you, share you with you two other stories. Okay, two other stories. You can Google, uh, I post a link on this guy, uh, this guy. It's an older story. In 2009, a guy by the name of Lam Long, L-A-M, first name, L-U-O-N-G, last name. Again, another Vietnamese spelling of names. He is in, from Alabama. He has four children. Three is from, one is from his uh, first marriage and the three is from his second marriage. He threw his uh, four children off Dolphin Island Bridge in 2009. He was convicted by a jury to be found to be guilty and sentenced to death. Okay? And uh, this person, even though he, he has a Chinese, uh, sorry, he has a Vietnamese name, he is actually, uh, uh, it's called Amerasian, meaning that his father is African-American and his mother is a Vietnamese woman. However, by the fact that he is carrying a Vietnamese name, I can only say he probably was abandoned by his father. Okay, I've said it before, as of today, there's still about 400 Americans, meaning children of American GI and the local Vietnamese women are still in Vietnam. They won't get their visa or whatever it is of citizenship to come to the United States, but the US State Department denied them. So this guy, Lam Long, is along that line. The ACLU picked up the case. In 2018, I think the Alabama Supreme Court, I think it's the Alabama Court of Criminal Appeals, unanimously ordered a new trial in 2013. And, uh, and his, later, his death sentence was reduced to life 
imprisonment. I want to talk about this is this. I learned about this story a long time ago. I have kept that story in my notebook. I'm glad I was able to talk about it today again. Once again, because I'm a Vietnam War buff, I consider this is a Vietnam War related. What happened is, so this guy did commit a very, very violent act. Killed four innocent child, uh, uh, four innocent children, right? And uh, and the, the and at that time, when I first learned about this case, I believe those who argue for his reduction of a sentence says that the trial court below has never allowed his defense attorney to go to Vietnam to talk to his own mother. I believe at that time who is and relatives who are still in Vietnam to evaluate the war trauma that has been inflicted upon this person. That's one of the argument his defense attorney presented. The lower court in Alabama rejected the notion. Okay, I'm going to talk about a little more about it. Basic defense attorney basically his argument is this. This guy suffered a lot in his childhood. It's in the war zone. He, is, he was abandoned. He came to the United States seeking a better life. He has a, probably gambling debts and all that. But that's, just, that's a different story. So basically, his defense attorney is saying the jury should have considered this guy's childhood trauma when they evaluate whether this guy should be sent to the electric chair. Of course, the uh, the judge in the lower court rejected that. So, on the link I have posted in the in the chat room, I'm going to read what's written in the ACLU's uh, uh, website. Okay, which I posted there already. The ACLU first took Long's case on appeal, challenging among other things some of Judge Gradick's shortcuts. In a remarkable decision given the politics of the case, the Alabama Court of Criminal Appeals in 2013 unanimously ordered a new trial. So again, the, the murder actually happened in 2009. The court found Judge Gradick erred in refusing to change the venue of the trial to a location outside of Mobile, Alabama despite a flood of prejudicial pretrial publicity. The decision also found the judge erred in refusing to allow Long's lawyers to question potential jurors individually about their exposure to the publicity and in denying funds to conduct, conduct the Vietnam investigation. The last word is called the Vietnam investigation. That is what I'm talking about earlier. His defense attorney has asked the court to allow discovery about this guy's childhood in Vietnam to see if he was already traumatized, traumatized by violence. As I've said, this defendant, he's a mix of an African-American and an Asian woman. The judge is a Judge Graddick. I'm pretty sure he's a white judge, Charles Raddick, uh, Graddick. 
ACLU pointed out Judge Charles Graddock, who during his 1978 campaign to become Alabama's Attorney General, said he is committed to quote frying murderers until their eyes pop out and smoke comes out of their ears end quote. This is the judge presided over the jury trial of this defendant. I brought this up not because, you know, I'm agreeing with this murdering of four children. Absolutely not. The children are the most innocent, precious things on this earth. But I am bringing it up to the fact that violence breeds violence. And Lang Long is not alone, believe it or not. As you can imagine, I've been following up these uh, cases all the time. You know, people, you know, people will, due to the recent shootings in California, people will say, hey, Peter, I feel sorry for you because you're Asian Americans. This happened to Asian Americans. I actually don't take that as a, as a comforting thought because I always want to know exactly what happened. Asians can be just as violent. I have said already, only the Chinese as a group has faced white American soldiers on the battlefield of Korea. Mano a mano, bullet for bullets, bombs for bombs, shells for shells to fight out. Because of the Chinese volunteer army, 38 or 37,000 American soldiers, mostly white, white soldiers, died, perished. I've said that. Asians can be just as violent. We're all equal under the Constitution. We all can carry firearms. You know, remember Virginia Tech mass shooting? That's probably the most prolific ones, if, not, if I'm not mistaken. And I have another example. I will give you a name. I posted this guy's uh, link about this guy in the, in the chat room already. This guy's name is uh, Chai Wang, C-H-A-I-V-A-N-G. Again, the spelling of the name tells me he is from Indochina, Laos, Cambodia, or Vietnam. You can look his Wikipedia, uh, Wikipedia page about him. When I read about Van's story, I was like, what the F? Basically, Van's story is this. He belongs to Hmong minority. Oh, by the way, when French colonized Indochina, by the way, this is just many, many ethnicities. I, I think in Vietnam alone, there's 58 different ethnicities. As you can imagine, most of those ethnicity people, ethnic people, lives in the mountain areas. So the French called them mountaineers. <laughs> French will not distinguish who are who, even though among these ethnicities, they have a very distinct and different cultures. Their cooking is different. The way they build their house is very different. The shape of their house are different. Okay? So the, the, the French colonizers just call them mountaineers. Of course, the Americans call them, the white Americans call them mountaineers, meaning these are the people just living in the mountains. But they actually have a different ethnicity. Hmong, H-M-O-N-G, in Chinese, Miao, is probably the largest one of the largest ethnic minorities. Van is a Hmong person. 
he is U.S. trained army paratrooper or something like that, an elite force soldier trained by the United States. He moved to United States. One of his hobby is doing hunting. Nothing wrong with that. White folks like hunting, black folks like hunting, everyone can enjoy hunting. Apparently, he was illegally on someone's property, on someone else's hunting grounds. Lo and behold, what happened is this. A group of white hunters start to harass him using some racial slurs. That's when I first learned about it. Guess what? This guy is a sharpshooter. He's a van guy. From what I remember, these white hunters, they are all on some kind of an ATV. Those are vehicles that you can drive along the, you know, you know, undeveloped land. So apparently, this racial slur sparked Van. So he started to shoot them. What amazed me is this. This guy apparently is a sharpshooter. He shot dead multiple peoples. It is a six people or eight people shot to death. Remember, these people is not sitting there doing nothing. They're not like a school children sitting there. They are on some kind of ATV. So this, this Vietnamese, or he probably is a Cambodian. I don't, I don't remember. But no, he's definitely from Indochina area. He shot that six or eight people. He raised his defense, saying it's a self-defense. He said he felt that he was threatened. Okay, I think jury found him to be guilty and sentenced, he was sentenced to life in prison. I'm citing all these because uh, the most recent shooting in Monterey Bay is also by a Vietnamese immigrant. The two examples I have sh shared with you, both are Vietnamese or Cambodian or Indo-Chinese. They have all suffered from the most violent episode of war in Vietnam. So, so that is one, you know, one mass shooting incident I want to address because you will never hear this kind of stuff from the mainstream media. The mainstream media is very automatic, prepackaged. Every time this thing happened, gun control. You won't get anything else. All right, so, so this is the first mass shooting I want to address. Again, this happened among, along, uh, you know, in Chinese New Year, right? I think uh, Hu Kantran, the shooter, uh, in my opinion, he almost is a copycat of the uh, uh, this Florida shooting. Because this Florida shooting in the high school, Douglas, majority uh, Douglas high school shooting in Parkland, Florida, that happened in February the 14th, the Valentine's Day. By a, a, by a high school kid who probably is uh, sexually frustrated, so he used guns to, to get his revenge. And this guy, who can train did the Monterey Park shooting, I think it's on the Chinese New Year, on the Chinese New Year's Eve. So it's almost like a copycat. 
right? So, 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 you know, I want to bring that up. Then the second mass shooting in California is this Half Moon Bay. This Half Moon Bay shooting is uh, by a person by, by the name of Chong uh, Li Zhao. Z-H-A-O is his last name. And again, as a Chinese American, I can tell he's from China. He's not from Vietnam. He's not from Cambodia. He's not from Laos or Hong Kong or even Taiwan. Mainstream media will just, you know, say, oh, how horrible. Oh, my condolence to the Asian American community for all this happened. No, no, no. It's not that straightforward. And I have learned yesterday when I, you know, tried to research for today's episode, because I always find out what is the motives behind these shootings. I always want to find out what triggers the shootings. So I read today, uh, yesterday, San San Mateo County District Attorney Steve Wagstaff confirmed to the Bay Area News Group Friday that Chong Li Zhao was enraged by the equipment bill. That equipment bill I heard is $100. Zhao said that a co-worker was to blame for the collision between his forklift and the co-worker's bulldozer. The repair bill is $100. That's a very good finding. I always want to find out the motives. Always. And I hate the fact that the, the government, our government, will not make any f- effort to find each, uh, uh, to find the motives of each shootings, including mass shootings. Right? In my prior episode, it's called the, the White Victims of Judicial White Privilege, you have eight people killed by gun violence. One family, five children. Why the government and mainstream media would never go into the details, say, let's find out the motives, exactly what happened, and publish the report. Why do not do that? So for, for Zhao's case, I like it a lot for the reasons that at least we know why he did it. To me, it's just another workplace violence, uh, employment-related violence. Is it called for? Of course not. In the first episode of this show, I talked about the black rage shooting. I've said among most of them are triggered by workplace discrimination, at least by the shooters. The shoot, when there is a workplace discrimination, the shooters always concluded that he or she will not get justice from our justice system. The only justice is through guns. I think the most recent, another shooting in somewhere in Indiana, if I remember, it's a Walmart shooting. Basically, this supervisor, this, this shooter is, was a supervisor. And he believed that his subordinates gang up against him. He got upset. 
So th this is a second mass shooting that happened in the Chinese New Year and the, reg you know, and the first month of the New Year. And the third one I want to talk about, you know, you know, you probably can sense that I always want to talk about those shootings where the government and mainstream media really prefer to keep the motives as a secret. This shooter is Christopher Wood. I actually used his dead daughter's picture as today's episode. You probably see it. Pretty young woman, 14 years old. According to this New York Post, Chris, Christopher Wood, I'm pretty sure he's white, an upstate New York dad who shot that his 14-year-old honor roll student daughter before turning the gun on himself, bought the 20-gauge shotgun just 16 days before the shocking murder-suicide. 16 days. Justice for Mr. Christopher Wood is really, really swift. Christopher Wood, 51 years old, legally purchased the shotgun on January 4th, a little over two weeks before he used it to shoot Ava Wood, 14, in the head on January the 20th. I always said, what is the motive of these shooters? I have always said, like I know there's one calling person deny that Sandy Hook massacre ever happened. I have asked him specifically, the Sandy Hook massacre started not at the at Sandy Hook Elementary School, is at the home of the shooter. The shooter put, uh, put point the gun at his own mother while she was asleep and pulled the trigger. Why? Why the government never wants to find out? So for Crystal Wood, his motive is similar to the one in South Utah. Right? What exactly is his motive? Nobody cares. Because guess what? Some victims is just not worthy of our attention, except me. I always, I'm going to continue to bring this up. I can guarantee you this. There will be more shootings coming. Trust me. Because as I said, you know, injustice breeds violence. And violence breeds more violence. Okay. And as a matter of fact, I read about this two days ago about something happened, I think it's in California again. Boy, California is a hot, bed, uh, hot spot these days. A black man, I, I, I'm going to follow through, I mean, because uh, this is a relatively new. A black man recently shot dead a doctor, a physician, on the broad daylight. I think he probably stabbed him to death, I think. But I heard, uh, as reported, this black man, while he's doing his stabbing, he mentioned something white privilege.
Of course, this show never advocates violence. I always say violence is never the, 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 you know, the remedy for justice. Violence breeds more violence, more injustice. But what I do want to emphasize is that if this report is true, it did, it does tell us that a a a a, a two tier justice system is not going to work for anyone. So, so that is a you know that is what I want to talk about. Now, before I switch the topic to the civil rights memorial that I just visited, which actually is there's a lot of uh, interesting things, uh, I'm going to invite uh, Adrian and uh, and uh, July to be the speaker, and in case they want to share some of their thoughts. And Alex, feel free to come in uh, to call in. Yeah, agent, feel free to unmute yourself. Greetings. Hey, agent. Hello. Greetings. Hello. How are you? How are you? Good. Good. How are you? I am well. So Montgomery it worked out last night. Evidently, oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> nobody, nobody but me. It's it's comfortable. Excellent. Okay. Good. Good. Very interesting. Very interesting. But I'm I'm, I'm actually interested also in um, the uh, the observations that did I lose you, Adrian? Adrian, uh, Adrian, we lost you for the uh, past like twenty seconds. Oops. All right. Let's see. Where am I? All right. Testing. Testing. Oh, good, Adrian. All right. Great. Great. Yeah. Um. I, yeah. I'm interested in your uh, in your observations from the uh, from the uh, whitewash memorial. Oh, I'm sure yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. It, I have a lot of observations. I, I have it, you know. Uh, yeah, so, you know, if you don't have any comments about what I have just said, I'm going to continue with and uh, stay on. I'm going to still make you the sp- uh, speaker so you can just, you know, talk uh, when, when, you, when you feel like. So sure. uh, I, I wanted to check out some records on why... Rosa Parks' conviction in the Alabama state courts were eventually upheld by the Alabama Supreme Court. And so I actually reached out to the civil rights memorials. They gave me the name by the name, uh, give me a person by the name of uh, Tiffany English to talk to. And apparently, you know, I have talked to someone else while visiting the memorial. And uh, this guy, uh, Patrick, told me that Miss English probably is not the right person because he's pretty sure that Miss English does not know anything about it, which I find out to be shocking. But you know that is what it is. But they did recommend to uh, to go to the Alabama archives and history to dig those material, which I will do uh, tomorrow. So, 
I want to talk about the good things. There's one good thing about visiting the uh, the Civil Rights Memorial. They have a, a document. Uh, they showed a video clip where, I, for the first time, I learned that uh, during the Charlotte, North uh, Virginia, uh, demonstration by some white supremacists. I did not know this. I'm aware of that demonstration, but I did not know this. They show a clip that the marchers of those uh, white supremacists, they're saying, they're shouting, quote, you will not replace us, end quote. I did not know that. It's a good thing I, I learned from that video clip. That actually is from, in my opinion, that great replacement theory. Mm -hmm. Right? It seems to me, I did not know that. I learned about this great replacement theory, which I did an episode on recently in 2022. But this March, I think, is happened in 2017, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, years ago. And I did not mm -hmm. know, actually, these white supremacists actually is already using this great replacement theory mm -hmm. then, right? And the Trump is the one who said he sees fine people from both sides. And this is where I have the problem with the left, with the progressives. This, to me, is where you need to stand up saying, what do you mean by great replacement theory? Isn't true is that the Native Americans were replaced by the European mm. immigrants. That is the original replacement theory in America. Mm. So what are you upset about replacement? We're all supposed to have the equal rights to replace, to be here. Mm. So, so, so that's something I learned. But other than that, I will jump into the conclusion first. The Civil Rights Memorial is just another product of a leftishism and a white majoritarian democracy. Mm -hmm. uh, by, the, by the way, uh, Adrian, could you uh, mute yourself uh, why, if you don't want to speak? Because uh, there's some background noise, which is I'm totally fine with you, you know, working on something and listening. I appreciate it. So now all the ba bad stuff, okay? Just tons of them. First, getting in to the museum. In my opinion, the security is, is too tight, meaning it's uncalled for. It's like I'm going into a maximum security prison. You know, it's, after you look at the content, it's not that a big deal, okay? The memorial, if you Google civil rights memorial, is literally, it's something designed by a Chinese American. Her name is Maya Lin, M-A-Y-A, -A, first name, L-I-N, last name. She is the one who designed the uh, uh, Vietnam War Memorial, which there's another com different story. I'm going to do an episode just on that uh, Vietnam War Memorial and the white privilege it implied over there, believe it or not, there is. So the security just looks like you... I feel like I'm walking into a maximum security prison, which is totally uncalled for. Second, by looking at the content, which is a pretty straightforward, there is a three segments. One is that one segment in the one, one area, you touch a button, you will show you the, all the protests, civil rights protests in the history. 
especially in the 1950s, in the 1960s. And then there will be a theater when you walk in. It's a second presentation, which is more of a current protest. That's like a BLM protest, trans protest, and all that. And the third room is where you can put your name on the electronically projected wall. Basically, you can put your name, pledging you're going to support the civil rights, yada, 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 and your name will be showing up on the screen. I compared, so to me, the entire memorial is more of a protest memorial, not a civil rights memorial. It's all about protest. The material is about protest. The, the film is about protest. Everything is about protest. Okay. Compared to the Kennedy Space Center, the Hall of Fame exhibits, it really disappointed me here. Because uh, you have a lot of people, civil rights activists, got killed during those days. You have a lot of blacks, literally, just for no reason, got killed by the white mobs. Not by police, by white mobs. Police. You would, you would think that it would be nice, just like what the, the Kennedy Space Center did. You will get some personal belongings of these victims on the display. Saying, okay, this is the Bible this person read. This is the eyeglasses this person wear. Because that's exactly what the Kennedy Space Center did. Like there's a, there's a, a famous teacher who, who died in that, uh, I think the Challenger disaster. You know, we have her belongings there. Through her belongings, we can see that real person in our memory. Again, I'm not against astronauts in Kennedy, Kennedy Center. You know, I believe, you know, NASA is a, you know, space is a typical, you know, achievement by whites, which is good. I'm not against it. But here, you also have people who are victims of violence. You were hoping to see some of their personal belongings, yearbook, anything, a pen, anything, the steering wheel of their car, when they got killed, anything. That will humanize who these people are. That will make your exhibits better than just watching on YouTube on the, in the theater. Why people need to come here to look at the uh, video presentation when they can see it at home or in theaters. So this is the first thing. Now I'm talking about what is absent in these exhibits. There's a f six of them, which I find out to be strange. First, you call yourself a civil rights memorial. Why don't you talk about the civil rights cases? Now, if you Google the civil rights cases, multiple cases, it is a it, it was a group of five landmark cases, yeah. including U.S. versus Stanley, in which the Supreme Court held that the 13th, the 14th Amendment did not empower Congress to outlaw racial discrimination by private individuals. Mm -hmm. 
just by the words itself, they are called the civil、mm-hmm. rights cases. You will think they are related to civil rights memorial. Is that right? <laughs> At right? the very least. At the very, but it's not there. But from the substance perspective, these civil rights cases—remember, it's a landmark cases—literally say the Congress cannot outlaw racial discrimination by private individuals.、Hmm. In other words, a private person, especially a white person, you can do any kinds of racial discrimination against blacks. Correct. Because the Congress cannot regulate you. And what happened because of that? Those people who are on the wall got killed. Is that right?、Mm-hmm. Like, like, like they are not killed by police back then. Is that correct?、Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah, well, why not private yeah, actors? Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, well, well, it's it's kind of synonymous, okay? Because what you have is,、uh, especially back then, you're talking about a police culture that was not was in an infancy compared to the sophistication that it is now. So you you had situations where Twenty people would be deputized,、um, or、um, law enforcement would、um, find out about information and then directly、um, communicate it to bad act or, or worse actors, uh, or un, uh, you know、uh, actors not un- under cover of law.、Um, so you know when you, you say police and you say mobs, you a lot of those. Matter of fact, most that I know of, there were police present. There was some element of law enforcement actually present, but you know, before, you know, during, and um, um, would often leave right after. So,、um, yes, but that's exactly what happened. What what happened was is essentially,、um, you know, the、um, the the statement meant that you. That there was no way that you could bring a case, it, like it wasn't even a tort,、uh, it wasn't even a violation of civil law for a private person to be openly, openly、uh, discriminatory,、um, or or reasonably assumed to be discriminatory、um, against、um, somebody based on on color, and particularly,、um, you know, the black black white dynamic was was the only dynamic in play.、Um, And、uh, I, I do make point of that because a lot of times in the conversation, it's not mentioned that before the civil rights movement, and I'll, I'll give that a period of you know fifteen years, there was not、um, you know swaths of uh, uh, different ethnicities in in any type of、um, you know significant population、uh, here in the country. So、um, you know, it it paved the road for all of that. It paved the road. Welcome, Peter.、Um, and、um, I, I want to make one comment about what you said、um, about your part of your eval of the、uh, of the memorial. The depersonalization, the dehumanization. It's necessary. It's important for for the、um, the white privileges、uh, because the further that you can. Isolate、um, a an entity in their mind from、um, you know how you think of your own.、Uh, the easier that, that it becomes to、um, uh, to continue to nourish the cognitive dissonance、uh, for for the ills that 
you know, that, that are visited upon, you know, those who they deem as non-human. So um, I'm not surprised by that at all. That um, And the symbolic nature of it, because that actually ends up being a whole promotion of the country. <laughs> it's not even yep, a promotion exactly. of the civil rights movement. It's a, a promotion of the country saying, hey, we have a country that allows what protests. And here's an example of the protests that this this country allows. Needless to say, um, it, you want to talk about Memorial Week among us. We could probably name 25 people who uh, d- deserve to uh, definitely have their image and uh, um, um, a- at least a plaque uh, about why why you're seeing their image there. And we're talking sculptures. You know, we're talking the type of art that's um, or the type of um, presentations that are indicative of any kinds of other um, uh, tributes to um to points of time um i mean and you know we're not talking one event here we're talking a good arguably you know debatably you know 15 years of happenings and for for that to be all summed up uh the other thing i wanted to say is that um about that about that part is that there's a very um a very well versed uh, body of work about um the you will not replace us and the, the replacement theories. I, it, um, there's a uh, third generation physician psychologist, uh, that did a, uh, uh, at least 25 years worth of work, um, including, uh, the ISIS papers, which is probably known best for, but, uh, Dr. Francis Crest Welsing. And, um, she speaks about, um, or illustrates white white supremacy scientifically um mm-hmm. very very well um, um very well versed in 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 all the aspects i mean we're talking all the nine areas of, of human activity how um what white supremacy looks like how it works and and what it is presupposed to uh to accomplish on essentially autopilot and i think that's you know that that bears bears notation as well is, is, is it, even though there's a number of moving parts in the, the results, uh, in the deliverables of white supremacy, it, um, th- those parts can function independently. And it, it seems like they're in concert. <laughs> However, um, it's the, it's the premise by which, um, they, they, they engage the, um, the oppressed that that uh, ends up being the unifier among um, among the different things. So I, I just wanted to um, say that about that um, because there's a number of um, YouTube channels that have actually used that march and those men uh, in the intros to their channels to kind of drive home, you know, where what's what's one of the root causes? Because I think you know, power greed. But one of the root causes of, um, I think, what we're noticing as this bubbling over of mm-hmm. acts mm-hmm. that can be mm-hmm. very well. But the in the first, the very first segment, I tell you what, it's it's unfortunately it's refreshing to hear of um, incidents where a person's self-respect and um, uh, self-determination 
um, was was engaged in order to ensure their safety. And that's how I um, view the situation with the with the hunter being, uh, you know, verbally accosted and, and for most intents and purposes threatened. I think if you're throwing out racial slurs in public to strangers in this day and age, I think they're fighting words. You know, yes. I'm not, yeah, no, I, don't I don't think say, people should yeah, fight. I don't think people should fight on a car. I'm not telling any person of color to react to any words ever, but know that that person means you harm. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> yes, you're right. To me, that yeah. a lot of people don't understand these Indo-Chinese immigrants, they did went through hell in Vietnam, mm-hmm. in Cambodia, in Laos, you mm-hmm. know, because I still watch a uh, lot of, uh, YouTube uh, channels talking about, you know, uh, they are visiting those uh, old battlegrounds and all that, right? It mm-hmm. truly helped. I mean, there's a lot of uh, Vietnamese on Vietnamese uh, uh, killings, too, because, uh, you know, I mean, if you listen to Malcolm X, he has said that the China uh, get rid of their Uncle Toms. That's why mm-hmm. they got their land back, right? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, the, in Vietnam, you have to get rid of your Uncle Toms. There's a lot of Vietnamese to Vietnamese killings. They are brutal, very brutal, you too. S- but are you, you saying, know, okay, but they're of a social political nature, or are you saying just, you know... During the war. During the war. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. During the war. So I'm saying that these people uh, that I would talk about, the shooters, like in the mm-hmm. hunting ground, shooting, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. these are all... Shooting for their defense. That, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. You know, like I said, when I read that the hunter story of that among hunter, I was like, I was... Uh, I, Back then, wow. I was chuggling long time ago. Yeah. I was like, if these white hunters knows this guy is a sharpshooter trained yeah. by U.S. Army, they will not mess with him. They will back exactly. and say, I will call the police. Just get this guy off my, my, my hunting ground, right? Yep. But they don't know. They are white. Mm-hmm. They think these little monk guy, you know, you know, a gook, being a gook. This is his first, yeah, first trip out. He probably doesn't even know how to handle a weapon. You know, just exactly. these things are taken for granted. Yeah, exactly. And then it turns out this guy is a U.S. trained shot shooter <laughs> and killed them him. when they're on ATV. But mm-hmm. I read this uh, uh, guy's story a long time ago. And you know, that. yeah, you know, once he shot one of them, that that ATV was trying to get out of there. So he had and to he be can still read, an incredible good shot. Yeah, he yeah. had to be an incredible. Be, and, and, yeah, and exactly. you know why they convicted him. They convicted him because you cannot have self-determined people of color not 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 who are willing to use the barrel of a gun to ensure their rights as is the proper tradition here in this country exactly <laughs> so exactly. And, and which and i'll just say this i'm gonna volunteer this i i don't know people might throw eggs at my picture after this but if more Victims considered the full array of options available where actions of self-determination are concerned, um, then I, I'm sure we'd have a lot less, a lot less of it because, and that's the thing that it seems like some ethnicities, um, just fail to, I don't know if it's comprehend or interpret or just act upon is that this country was founded upon certain action principles, action principles. That means realms of um, conduct that resulted in certain uh, uh, results. And the 
you know, the methods that are used in modern times, methods that are being used right now by all entities that feel oppressed are not consistent with the methods that have historically been proven to be effective because the civil rights movement, okay, was not a victory, okay? We lost and they fed us the traitors over the next 40 years. Everybody who was around then, who are still around now, have been the uh, pseudo, um, uh, uh, or the, yeah, the pseudo vanguard of what uh, the people who they were basically second seat to, all of them were, were second seat to the people who were not here. The people who were assassinated, the political assassinations by the United States government, during the 1950s and 60s uh, that resulted in the uh, the removal of a a whole a suite of uh, civil rights activists um, <clears throat> paved the way for the grifters paved the way for the Europeanists. Yeah. Yeah. Like I guess uh, today's word of the day is called the leftishism. <laughs> they are all leftish. They, oh, they're really I, not left. you know what? Uh -huh. Yeah, I wanted to. I, yeah, I kind of wanted to bring up that term too because what I found is that um, I've I've found it to be more effective to not use um, these ambiguous terms. I mean, if mm -hmm. you think about it, how they're doing what they're doing, Peter, they're doing it with words. It, it's literally done with words. If you want to talk about the legal system and legalese, all words. You yeah, want to talk right. about exactly mm -hmm. uh, even even the judge. There's three words mm -hmm. yep. for a judge, <laughs> you know. And a judge is like a judge operates in three different capacities based on what kind of um, um, geography that the judge is on. So if the judge is in the water, if the judge is in the air, if the judge is uh, on land. So um, when we use these ambiguous terms that they use. That's why I liked white privileges so much is because if you, if you type that in, if you Google that in, the chances that you're going to come up with something, some, some um, uh, content that you've worked on is, is very high mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. you not only, you know, I'd say for lack of a better word, created, created a phrase, coined that phrase, and so if somebody even wants to address you about that work, they they have to come in under that banner. And mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. this is the type of indoctrination that gets a whole populace sleep at the wheel uh, mm -hmm. because yep. before they even realize it, you know, by the time they're in 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 the in the door, uh, they're in the portal. <laughs> and yep. they think they're going to the portal, you know. Mm -hmm. So uh, mm -hmm. yeah, I'll just yeah, I'll I'll, uh, I'll hang back with that. But yeah, I, I wanted to to definitely make those comments about the um, uh, about the incident with the hunter and uh, the fact that every, everyone who had something to do with that case knew he was innocent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, knew so, they would have uh, done the, way, the same yeah, thing. Uh, before I forgot, I should have mentioned you know, just be uh, be uh, telling you the truth, the whole truth. 
the uh, hunter story is one you can have, you know like i said i have post these links in the chat mm-hmm. you can feel free to check out the detail of these actual cases like basically these are mass murderers or shooters uh, right. of immigrants from indochina where the vietnam war you know pretty much bring hell to that region like a worst violence war violence in the region compared to any wars wars Right, you, they will tell you the U.S. how much, how many bombs, how many tons of bombs. They are all record-breaking uh, stuff. So uh, another one thing I before I forget, this uh, Vietnamese uh, uh, father again, he's Vietnamese because he actually is a, a, a son of a African American soldier and a Vietnamese mother. Huh. Uh, this man who threw his uh, four children off the Dolphin Island Bridge, he huh. actually asked the jury or the judge, to sentence him to death. Um. Okay? Uh, his defense attorney alleged that he, is, uh, he has a low IQ of a 51. I actually disagree with his defense attorney uh, this, uh, with this because uh, he is evaluated to be low IQ only because he has extremely limited English speaking mm-hmm. capability. Okay? Mm-hmm. I... Another person asked the judge or jury to sentence him to death is uh, someone else by the name of uh, Timothy McVeigh. <laughs> Timothy McVeigh literally said he wants to die. He said everything he did is calculated. He wanted to do it. He wanted to be put to death. So I don't necessarily agree with the, the defense attorney's argument that this guy's IQ is too low because he doesn't speak English. You can't test someone's IQ with a, a language he doesn't even speak, period. Yeah, and how much However, money did the court spend on uh, interpretation services and translation, you know? Yeah, uh, uh, by the way, what kind of interpreters, right? You know, uh, the right. last one episode I did, I, uh, I intentionally asked uh, Andrew uh, on this uh, to be my guest. I'll tell you, Andrew, is, uh, Andrew underscore MG is his handle. He's a very smart person. But, uh-huh. uh, and I know that, but I can also tell that he is brainwashed also, you know? Uh-huh. So first you have to know English to be in the IQ and then you have, not, you have to be not brainwashed to have real IQ as far as I'm concerned. But this guy, like I said, I do, uh, the, his defense attorney also argued that a discovery should be conducted in Vietnam about his abandonment by his own father uh-huh. and his trauma, the war cost towards him while he grew up as an orphan. These are valid, valid claims. So, so let me continue. So the first point I, I find out absent in this civil rights memorial is this, is that it never talks about civil rights cases, which are horrible landmark cases decided by US Supreme Court, which in my opinion, literally started a period called the Nader period. I think it's called it's spelled N-A-D-I-R period. You can mm-hmm. Google the word Nader period. It, the so-called private violence, uh, violence against blacks by private individuals, by white mobs, did not start. It's not like they started in 1950s or 60s when the civil rights movement started. No, it started pretty much after these civil rights cases were handed down by the Supreme Court. So the court, it's the court that authorized private to private racial violence. So the second one that are absent in the civil rights memorial 
is that they all talk about this uh, 1955 Montgomery bus boycott. They never talk about in the same city in 1900, there is a Montgomery streetcar boycott. Let me repeat. In the same city where I'm at now, Montgomery, Alabama, there is a streetcar boycott for the same reason. You can Google that. You can Google a, a journal article by, it's called the Boycott Movement Against Jim Crow Streetcars in the South, 1900 to 1906. The author is August Meyer, M-E-I-E-R, and Elliot Rudwick, R-U-D-W-I-C-K. This article was published uh, in 1969. Why we only talk about 1964, uh, five, boys, uh, bus boycott? Why on the, in the same city, we never talk about 1900? It is the exact same reason, as I said in the first point, is that the so-called civil rights cases, are, that are hor- which are horrendous Supreme Court decisions, has everything behind all the racial violence against blacks, starting in 1883, not 1955, not when uh, this uh, uh, Emmett Till was killed. Okay, so they never talk about it in a civil rights mus- uh, memorial, as if in the, it, they never existed. Mm. The real, yeah, that was a real grind period. That's what got the momentum going. That's what yeah. got it press. Emmett Till was just press, you know. That's when it media. Yeah, okay, Emmett Till. Yeah, yeah. yeah Biden. Biden is a great uh, calling host. Uh, I encourage everyone to follow him. Uh, that's Biden, not Biden. B I D E. No, he 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 taught me this. He said the Brown v. Board of Education was decided under the context of a communist Soviet Union. Mm-hmm. Keep on accusing United States in the United Nations that we have a racial segregation policy against blacks. Why all of a sudden civil rights improve when we have a war, especially a losing war overseas? It just happened after the U.S. did not defeat China in Korea and how a lot of people killed, right? It happened during the Vietnam War era, right? Hmm. Right? So, 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 you know, you're actually, how come? So for a civil rights memorial, you cannot forget about this kind of protest occurred in 1900, 50 years before Rosa Parks. And then another absent is this. This is, again, it's all I learned from why these mainstream media, you know, and all the publications in the past, historians, they all forget this. They don't bring this up. What exactly is the demand in the Montgomery bus boycott? <laughs> I'm going to test you, Adrian. What exactly is the demand? Like, I'm going to the war, the rage against the war machine rally in February 19th. I kind of know at least one demands, the top one demands. 
That is not a single penny to Ukraine. That's the demand. What is the demand in 1955? It's actually a very modest demand. It's also related to 1900 streetcar boycott. It's the same story, but guess what? The mainstream media, you know, these grifters. You know,、mm-hmm. I, I like the term grifters, Adrian.、Yeah. Thank you. These are civil rights grifters, including、yep. this、uh, civil rights memorial.、Um, yeah. That they 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 just choose they selectively choose to ignore. You know, like I said, they really want to put up MLK statue to selectively celebrate one person and one person alone, right? You're not talking about the one in Boston. Oh my, please. Yeah, not talk、so, about that one.、Oh, yeah, Biden had a pretty good discussion on that. So、oh, I'm going、wow. to, you know, lead, lead, lead. but it's same. It's the same same thing here. It's the same at the at the place where Rosa Parks fought.、Mm-hmm. They selectively whitewash the history. Well, it's the they that's the problem. It's that's it. It's the they. See, that's all wrong. So if you want to, I mean, I know we have to jump in where we can jump in, but the they is the problem. When it- my,、uh, my apology,、uh, agent. I want to take、uh, Vilat as a caller, but I accidentally take you out. Let me make you the speaker. Hold on, hold on. Okay. Sorry about that, agent. Please continue, and Vilat,、uh, you can talk after agent. Go ahead, agent. Oh, agent, you want to call a queue? Okay, Vila, go ahead. If you want to say something. Hey, how you doing,、uh, Peter? Adrian. Good. Good. Greetings. Good. Greetings. Greetings. Good. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. I know you guys are talking a lot about the ACU, but let me tell you something, guys. Because of COVID, ACU has lost so much respect. And if it were to disappear, it would actually be better because. When they when they should have spent standing up with the people for civil liberties, they did not do a damn thing. I know. I I feel that、oh, I share the same feeling. Yes. Yeah, go ahead. Just, yeah.、Uh, so, uh, yes, I've heard. So civil libertarians were never around to、mm-hmm. do anything. What is the logic? And they're just a left wing、um, arm of the Democrat Party, just to do their pounding,、yep. cry, bitch, whine, woke shit. LBT. LBGT. Exactly. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So, they're not doing anything, especially for white people and every other group,、no. especially、they're、during not, COVID、uh, when, when they were needed like like crazy. The, the logic is they should not exist anymore. They only they're not even doing civil doing, liberties. Yeah, right, they're doing、exactly. they're doing niche. They're doing niche. Uh, I like the word civil liberties. <laughs> yeah, they're supposed、like、to be、niche. doing all civil liberties. <laughs>、exactly. You know, they're supposed yeah, to be doing、exactly. you, you know your medical body, your psychological. I mean, they're supposed to be working mental health. They're supposed to be doing everything that has anything to do with the Bill of Rights, period.、Right. And I have white folks out to lunch who, who told me. I have white folks told me the exact same thing. What you, Adrian, and the Villard is saying. Yeah. Okay. About yeah. about ACLU, you know. Plus, so yeah. So so yeah, that's what's that. What's their budget? Yeah. What's their budget? And how do they how do they even justify?、It? You know what? I think I heard a great term for these. What are legacy? Yeah, these legacy organizations. You know, the Push Coalition. You know, the ACLU. Oh, the NAACP. All of these、uh, entities 
uh, they changed over. I think they changed over with the Clintons. I, I really do. I think they changed over with the Clintons. Um, and they became a less, um, a less mission focused, mission centered entity, uh, and more of a, a kind of a pick and choose, um, entity, uh, with respect to, you know, their, their defense, even let alone initiatives, uh, because they're, they were a pushback organization. Um, yep. Yep. I think this is, yeah. So, so let me, let me, uh, 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 yeah, I, I, like I said earlier, this, uh, civil rights memorial, all the exhibits <laughs> is all about protest and that you will mix the transgender protest all together. I was like, how do you, 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 I, I am going to have an episode. It's called uh, "When Cream Flirts with Coffee." It's a similar. <laughs> you see that it, this yeah. is because I follow what Malcolm X saying. Because I this is mm-hmm. what I see. This civil rights memorial is when the cream is mixed with coffee. It's no good. Well, how, <laughs> about when the cream, how about when the cream takes over the coffee? Uh, yeah. That's now, now the coffee isn't even. It, it isn't even warm anymore. It <laughs> isn't true. even coffee anymore because cream exactly. is thicker than coffee so once you you know once you go past 40 percent cream it's actually a different drink i think that's the way or i think that's indicative of what we see we don't mm-hmm. see some flirtation this isn't footsy this isn't some uh the raise of the eyebrow type of thing this is literally like uh a uh a white person jumping into a black person saying okay let's do this I mean, that's the perspective of a lot of these, because take the um, the museum in D.C., and I haven't been there personally, but I've been online with it. And it's like much ado about nothing. You can find more substance in one book. Mm-hmm. No, I, I can literally translate what Malcolm X speech about who taught you to hate yourself. So today's topic is who taught you to not to think for yourself? You can all. Yes. You must always think for yourself, decide for yourself, not let others to do your self determination. You have to be self determinant, self dependent on everything, almost. Mm-hmm. You know. So, so, so that's you know why I really, you know, want want to stress this is that that you know this is Montgomery, Alabama, and this is where all it happens. Epicenter. And you cannot, yeah, it's epicenter. Ground you zero. cannot say ground zero, and it's not just one earthquake; it's earthquake Mm-mm. after earthquake, right? Mm-hmm. You cannot say, "Oh, we're just going to talk about one earthquake that happened in 1955." No, it's it's, it's the it's the frequent earthquake zone, and for a reason, I, you know. I I, and, I think mm-hmm. this is yeah. I I think I, I'm sorry, I interrupted. Go ahead. No, please. no, go ahead. Go, no, you go ahead. Well, it's okay. I think that this is uh, this it, it's in. It's indicative and it's it's typical at this point. Um, And I think the um, uh, but but it does a great it does a great service for uh, people to give, you know, uh, individual reviews and their individual perspectives about these. Because, Peter, I think there's a generation coming that is not not only do they not think critically, but the, um, the predisposition to question has 
been greatly diluted. You know, um, you get yep. kids, kids in class don't even want to ask questions now. Like that's not cool. Um, and so when you when you're born into a culture of that, and you're you're bred, you're you're breeded, and you know that it breeds the same. I mean, you get you get parents like that, then you get straight line walkers, and you know those people will be walking off of a cliff, falling before they realize. Oh wait, wait, you know I guess I was just following the guy in front of me. With Adrian, that that's that's not only troublesome that they don't ask questions when they're in class. They don't know what's right from wrong in question. In the question that some Doc, uh, teachers oppose, or they don't, uh, in a civilized way, they don't co- they don't contradict or challenge the teacher, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. The, That's what I mean. No critical thinking. LGBTQ and trans. Yeah. Instead of you know bringing good values that they learn from home, because every every home teaches you good values, you know, as bad as it could be, you know. So all this shit always gets promoted. I, I remember in my time because I'm a Gen Xer. That in, in mm-hmm. classes we used to shut down the class and t- with the teachers because the teachers were overwhelmed with the questions we had. That's they it. They were either controversial, whether the guy was an atheist and couldn't handle, uh, you know, I was surrounded by a lot of Mexican Catholics, right? Born and raised <laughs> here. So I didn't feel ostracized. I, I was a Protestant. So, you know, just use it against them. And believe me, a lot of those teachers that were pro atheists and wanted to just uh, stir the pot. They they usually met a lot of people and, and believe me, some of those Catholics are really violent, you know. Especially from my time, mm-hmm. they were very very violent and very vile. And I was I just mm-hmm. went along and go here. Let let's see let's eat up this bastard, you know. You know mm-hmm. I don't really care about <laughs> anything else he has to say, but you know what? Let's and they used to sh- they used to shut that down. And they used to either change teachers, substitute, or they the teachers said, you know, I shouldn't have brought that up. I'm sorry, it's too controversial. In in, in my time, I remember. The gay topic wasn't even a topic. Why? Because they used to shame you. They used to shame the shit out of people. You used to bring up anything like that? Like, what is that doing it, here? It, yeah. Me. Mm-hmm. Like, what is you that know, I'm doing not here? Yeah. And, and, yeah. Uh, no, I, I'm not against... I'm not against trans or gays and, and all the mm-hmm. lesbian. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, we all got to live. I mean, uh, July, you know, shared with me uh, uh, two weeks ago about this uh, saying by the white people uh, in the Appalachian area, like those poor white regions, they have a famous saying culture is let your neighbor live. Meaning that you may not agree with their lifestyle, but you have to let them live their lives. You know? No, I, I understand and I respect that, Peter. Live and let live is another saying. The problem with the trans and the gay issue has, has, has become, well, I'll let, I let you live, but don't backstab me and, and start indoctrinating my kids, making laws. That's the point. Yeah, yeah, oh, so yes, I, 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 I well, care less uh, what the homosexual does in bed, in his home. I can give a rat's ass. I'm a sexual libertarian in that. Put it away Christianity, I'm a sexual libertarian. Do whatever the hell you want. But when you start plastering laws to try to get into my kid's bed and start doing all sorts of shit, that, yeah. that's when I start <laughs> that, becoming exactly. your enemy. Exactly. Totally. Because they start to infringe upon your rights, you know, and you spend well, your my, kids' rights, you know, and all that. Go ahead. Well, my disclaimer, I should, cause I should make a disclaimer. Anytime you, anytime you breach the, uh, LBGT subject, um, it's, it's, it's wise to make a disclaimer. My disclaimer is such, I don't think it's my business. So if someone makes it my business, that's already inappropriate to me. Exactly. I'm, a, I, I'm a generation extra too. Mm-hmm. And every place where I've heard about 
uh, LBGT, um, uh, how can I say, um, assertion, it's been a place where it is, where it will be of no real consequence. There is no, uh, reason that there is so much narrative about what gets somebody on or gets somebody off. I, I just cannot believe it. I was sitting in a cafe, uh, on the, on the campus of, um, the University of Southern Florida in Tampa. And, um, I heard three youths, uh, probably between the ages of 18 and 22. I think they were undergrad. And this girl was in tears because the guy that she likes or sweet on doesn't know, uh, that she's not, uh, bi. He thinks she's lesbian. I'm listening to kids on a college campus with big stacks of books sitting next to them, sitting in front of, you know, uh, MacBook Pros talking about their sexuality and not even in a way where, hey, I'm involved with someone and here's what we're going, you know, um, and, and don't get me wrong. This was a I was eavesdropping. I overheard this conversation, but it just put me in the mind of what. If we're right here on the college campus now, where these kids are supposed to be learning, supposed to be gaining the tools to be constructive citizens post facto, we've got this in their heads. We've got this in high school kids. We've got this in elementary schools kids' heads. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They don't know how to cook or iron or do laundry or cut the grass with a mower. But Mm -hmm. they know that, oh, well, you know, I... You know, I, I like both. I think mm-hmm. that's inappropriate. I think it's mm-hmm. it borders on child abuse. Oh, yeah. Uh, Absolutely. In my in my mind, mm-hmm. it, it borders mm-hmm. on on child abuse that we've got mm-hmm. this type of these type of gravitas. Do you know how huge sexuality is? This kid doesn't know. Some some of them not have not reached puberty, not had menstrual cycles. None of this stuff is of any um, um, uh, actionable actionable value to them or should be of any actionable value to them. Mm-hmm. Um, it, the, the earliest anybody should right. be talking about any of this stuff, Adrian, you know, should be like this, high school, this, 15. And trying I mean, to explain it. this to Rudy the other day, he bumped me off from his, uh, banned me from his, Program. I was telling them. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> but like, yeah, let's not to talk about other hosts. So you, you, you exactly. are free to speak. It's okay. <laughs> but, uh, let me let me let me continue on with this because, uh, like I said, I have I have found out this civil rights memorial is just a protest memorial, and it's now mm-hmm. mixed with uh, women's rights, transgender, and all that, and without covering the entire history of the civil rights. That really, to me, is a disservice to the visitors and especially to the young people who are going to visit this place. And there's more, which I find out to be extremely disappointing. Okay. I also reach out to the education coordinator of the memorial, a white guy, young white guy, very intelligent guy. So, you know, I asked him, said, do you know that the Rosa Parks conviction in the Alabama state court were upheld till today. It's still a valid conviction for what she did. He said he is aware of that. I said, do you guys have material about that? Because I said, I'm here to find out those court records. 
he said he does not believe they have it. Wow. Okay. So I said, okay, I'm a total stranger. Uh, I'm not even black. You know, I actually, by the way, I always jokingly said this. <laughs> I'm more American than 99% of Americans. Mm. Now I can say I'm blacker than a lot of black people because I actually know the history. And I know mm. why this, this happened. Okay. So, so he does not know. And, uh, and, but he did kindly recommend that he believed the Alabama archives and the history should have that, which is very close to where the civil rights memorials are located at. You know, but still I will ask, I thought these are important civil rights records. Mm-hmm. I thought they should care because these are, I mean, this explains why today we will still have a Tyree Nichols situation. For all, the, yeah, for the, all the high talks you can have. But, but still, another thing too, Peter, Adrian, uh-huh. is you've got to be very careful to, to rush to start defending groups that say they're oppressed. What happened to blacks is one thing. I agree. The lynching, the racism, discrimination, the killing. I agree. It's his, set in history. Nobody's going to change that. What happened to the Jews, the same thing. Whether you believe in, in you know, what happened here to them in America or, or abroad or World War II, okay, whatever. Those things happen. That they happen at the number they tell you is questionable. I agree with you. The, the thing is to immediately, this, these are all the movements, whether the feminist movement from the 60s, along with the gays back then, there was no LGBTQ yet officially, and then it moved on. They all piggybacked off of Martin mm-hmm. Luther King. It's been mm-hmm. known historically. Yet they didn't suffer. How the hell are the gays going to to compare themselves to the shit that, that happened to the black people? I know. And they don't show up. It's an insult to the black people. It's horrible. Exactly. You to compare insult, how wrong. we, the trans, are suffering like a slavery has suffered. A right. slave suffered. No, it's like, a, this right. is why I said, when Tucker Carlson said, what's wrong with slavery here? I mean, there's slavery in other countries. I said, no, it's different. Trust me, it's different. Let, let me tell Channel. you. you have, if yeah, all these you, so-called... Uh-huh. If all these so-called press groups were to go to third world countries where people are really oh, oppressed, they would shut their fucking They would up. shut up quick. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's the co-opting. That's yeah. yeah. I'm I'm happy mm-hmm. you I'm happy you because that's that's my push. That's the only pushback that I have for the LBGTQ community. I'm I'm happy that you said that because that's the only pushback that I have. It's like you don't you don't get what you want at any cost. Okay? I wouldn't even mind if the LBGT movement uh, wanted to collaborate, partner with, um, um, you know, um, um, provide some sort of uh, even uh, existential support for with. But LGBT doesn't show up for black issues. And if I could, I, I would like to edit the the name of the movement. It really should just be the black civil rights movement. That's what it was. Okay. Those are the people that were being attacked. This is, this is the, you know, these are the, um, we, we had a, uh, you know, a whole populace, uh, um, mobilized against uh, any type of uh, transformative, uh, social policy. And it was all about black people. So I think just even when they start saying, putting civil rights in the place of um, more 
uh, specific uh, information, which is more indicative of what what's actually happening. Because if we were if if the civil rights movement was for all of these other groups, I'm interested in their heroes. I'm interested in their martyrs. Because I, I don't know. I don't know martyrs from the um, Hispanic Americans from the 1960s. Uh, who, who, who were, who were subject to, uh, wide, wide scale, um, um, brutality on, on mass. So if, if the LBGT community or actors within, you know, uh, would like to, to be in, um, I, I'd say in, in harmony with the black civil rights movement, uh, then they'll, they'll support. They'll show up um, it, the same way black people tend to show up for LGBT <laughs> uh, um, initiatives and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and rallies. So yep. I just want to put that in. Yep, totally. Uh, so uh, let, let's hear from uh, from Man- Manav or Manav? Uh, Manav. Manav. Go ahead, Manav. Uh Sorry, I just got in here, so I'm trying to catch up. Are we talking about the civil rights movement, I'm guessing? Could you repeat that? Are we talking about the civil rights movement? Oh, I, we're talking about... Uh, uh, we, we, uh, we have two parts. When we talk about uh, how injustice breeds violence and violence breeds more violence. This is in regard to the mass shootings during the first month of 2023 and yeah. during the, the t- uh, two weeks of a Chinese New Year celebration. As you probably know, there's two mass shootings in California that are done by Asian Americans. Yeah. And uh, I will try, I was trying to explain that. If you missed that part, uh, feel free to uh, to, to, to I'm going to publish this episode. You feel free to come back and well, listen from the beginning. Well, I do live. Um, I'm in California. I'm in the Santa Cruz area. Oh, uh, okay. And I I have I've um, it's actually like like I I live I've been to Half Moon Bay and I'm um, and I actually like I heard that like I watched the interview where they where they tried to interview the shooter and the the shooter was from the Half Moon Bay area was a was a was a disgruntled farmer correct um, mm. and then in monterey yeah. park which i actually also stayed when i went to la um uh the uh one i i know one of the victims was a was a was a business owner um i think um mm-hmm. and i think i th- i think i think maybe it's time that we like we talk about like like we just like check in with each other, you know, because like I mean I don't know like I'm I I think I'm Asian like I people like I've been told that Indians are considered Asian, but sometimes they're not considered Asian. But um, what I wanted to say is that I think I think there is definitely. A, a, a history of like violence, like the very racist violence, especially around Chinese New Year. Um, like I know a couple of years ago there was another massacre um, around this time as well, and I think it's like, I think it's, I, I think it's just time for reflection, but also just time for like, 
just for just for a time to like like speak up and just have and have people's voices heard. So because like I feel like I feel like we're just desensitized to all these mass shootings, and it's mm-hmm. uh, it's just like it's, it's something that should be done, you know. Yeah. Yes, actually, this is what this is what I, I was uh, mm-hmm. talking about because this show is about uh, why the courts has been the source of injustice in this country. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is uh, what I'm trying to stress is that when the courts become the source of injustice and the injustice yeah. mm-hmm. breeds violence and violence breeds more violence, that's just bad, mm-hmm. right? Among other things, yeah. I think uh, this is also in California, like I said earlier, recently a black man uh, driving a white Lexus hit a cyclist who is a white doctor. And mm-hmm. he came out his vehicle and stabbed this doctor to death. And it is reported that he, this black man mentioned white privilege while doing his thing. So what I want to show is that these are the things that we need to have an honest discussion, in-depth discussion, mm-hmm. instead of just go straight to, oh, here's a gun violence again. Because I always mm-hmm. said, you know, there's, it's a saying, you know, no, it's called a no justice, no peace. Yes. Right. Anyways, you know that, right? That just means that it's no a natural just, law. It's a natural law. Exactly. Yes. There is a second <laughs> amendment there, you know, unless yeah. the second amendment is taken away, people will go to guns to use gun violence. Uh, so mm-hmm. I'm glad you joined us because uh, if you uh, listen from the beginning, you'll find out how I explained the uh, Monterey Park shooting and uh, how I have explained the Half Moon Bay shooting mm-hmm. and uh, and i also talk about a uh a murder suicide also a murder suicide in upper state new york so you you get that so now i'm at the second part of the episode is about my visit to this uh, civil rights memorial you know you will think civil rights promote equal justice right so you'll ask you know and that's what i'm talking about so so if you don't have anything else to say, I'm going to continue with what I want to say about this uh, civil rights memorial. And feel free to, uh, to join back, okay? So where, uh, I asked this uh, education coordinator about Rosa Parks' conviction for refusing to give up her seat. Again, Rosa Parks was convicted for refusing to give up her seat. And that conviction remains valid today. The, uh, the Alabama Supreme Court upheld Rosa Parks' conviction years after the U.S. Supreme Court, the federal court, declared separate but equal bus segregation violated the Constitution. So you literally have the state court judges knowingly, knowingly violate the federal Supreme Court's decision. To me, that's an important piece. That is why we will still have a Terry Nichols stories. And I can guarantee you there'll be more. And, and it is the courts. courts. And, and Peter, you're right. There is more. How do you explain mm-hmm. uh, in graduation, they separate students and, and it's all blacks only? That's segregation. Black colleges only. That's still segregation. 
made up by them at these terms, those colleges should have been all people, a truly diversity-based uh, uh, for, for all the people to attend. They are. You have just, whether it's even <laughs> Jews, I'm going to shoot at them with yeshiva universities or anything. That's not right. That's a form of segregation. When you have a Harvey Milk School in New York, only for gays, that's a form of segregation. So they are reimposing the very segregation that they started, the Democrat Party. Yeah. This is why uh, the uh, Malcolm X is tremendous. Uh, He's so wise. I mean, just beyond, beyond my widest imagination. No, no, He's the one who asks, why every time we talk about racial integration, we're talking about black people? Not Chinese people or, or, or Japanese. Why every time the government talk about integration, it's all about black people. Is that a form of segregation itself? That's a fantastic yeah, question. Kinda. And I don't have an yeah. answer either today. Even today, I don't have an answer. I have another good question for all of you. Um, and you don't necessarily need to answer it uh, directly. Just think about it. Um, <clears throat> I'm kind of sort of part of a... a a movement of, of people who call themselves agorists or voluntarists. And it's basically kind of a, it's a branch off of anarchy. And I, I don't know if you're familiar with the, with uh, anarchy in the sense that it means no rulers, not no rules, mm -hmm. but the uh, part of the whole drive of it or the thinking of it is to decentralize uh, governance mm -hmm. in, in every way possible. Power. But, Sure. Yep. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Power back to the people. But here's my problem with it, especially in listening to what you guys are talking about, because I totally agree that, um, you know, absolutely civil rights are human rights. You know, everybody should everybody has a right to exist and everybody and nobody has a right to have privilege over another you know, class or not class of people, race of people. I know race is a social construct. That's I, I don't want to get into that. But <laughs> uh, basically saying everybody should have the equal rights. Um, my question is, is can it be possible if we were to decentralize government to be able to enforce that type of um, the, the, those types of laws? Do you see what I'm asking? Like decentralization, what bothers me about it is uh, that's kind of what the South does, you know, as far as it uh, pertains to, say, like uh, black civil rights. Well, regionally, just, go ahead. Yeah, well, I want to just is it's just an addendum um, to um, what you were saying about the South. The thing is, is, is as long as the economic component is in there, because if the resources yes. are still being controlled by one group, then no. it's it is a repeat. But if the re if the resources are equally distributed, um, and that's that's credible, verified, both parties agree. This is the process by which it will be distributed. There would be no and we parties. We agree this though. is equal. There would be no parties. That's the idea. And yes, economics would be completely across the board equal. Do you think that that it, could work? Yeah. Well, that that would be worth trying because that would be a first. See what I'm saying? I mean, any of the fails of I don't even like using the word integration, but it, of opening of public facilities to everyone, any of those failings um, to fuse American social society in a, um, a more harmonious way can can be attributed to the disproportionate economic distribution.
which it yes, has absolutely. not changed. Yeah. Yes. And well, and the whole, the whole idea, before, by the way. Mm-hmm. Oh, go ahead. I, I was going to say the whole idea, by the way, would be judging people according to their actual merit. It would have nothing to do with the color of your skin or where your your family came from, your heritage, nothing like that. It would all be according to what you're contributing to society. You see what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. like if you're if you're a harder worker, you will get more benefit, but it's because you're a harder worker, it's not because of the color of your skin. That's a natural rule. Yeah. If it's yeah. nat if it's set up based on natural now, what I'm not understanding or what I don't get Totally. Um, I'm going to sort of put on ice because I want to I want to ask Peter a question about the about the memorial. Um, the, one of the things that I found immediately uh, off putting was the personnel at most of these, quote unquote, um, sites that have been designated to reflect that period is the goal in which the uh sort of administrative bodies you know go about just even even staffing uh the facilities i i even found one facilities where um the uh the only full-time um person uh, foundational black american was uh the janitor and this was actually this was at a facilities that was designated um a civil rights remembrance facility um, so I just um, I wondered if you if you made any notice, if you made any um, observations related to personnel. Uh, great question. Uh, at the yes, facility. let me let me let me address that. No, before I for, for, forget, I want to mention because you guys quickly talk about the education. I know there's a lot of socialists on calling platform. You know, I'm not per, against socialist per se. But I, I saw Amanda is on the listeners list. I will give you use Amanda example. Are they, uh, I'm not putting her on the spot whatsoever. I will talk to to any teacher. We have no this continuous racial gaps in the educational achievement. We continue to know from Obama administration, today's administration. We own Obama himself personally acknowledged. This tremendous racial gap in the educational achievement is not sustainable for this entire country. No, right? No. Now we have a union. No, yeah, correct. No. A, te- a union, a teacher's union demanding certain things. Mm. A socialist movement, which I also respect. But at the same time, I have to say, oh, what about these racial gaps, divides? Mm-hmm. Right. Because in other words, yeah, even you, if we have a socialist country, as we call it, we call America, we still have, have to address that. Do we have a justice system that can address this? Because to me, it's the damn court set up the separate but equal doctrine that segregated the education and put the black kids in such a horrible, horrible conditions for not just for for years, it's for generations. Yeah. Now, Three so you know, where, what we are at now, even Bernie Sanders say, oh, I'm going to have a teacher's union as my vice president. I want to ask that vice president, what are you going to do to address this increasing still racial divide in the educational? Well, so that's something I want to well, you, go ahead. Well, I, I want, I, I just want to add to that uh, another question. You can ask the Surgeon General about what he's going to do about the, uh, the mortality rate for black infants. 
being three times the rate of any other group. Yeah. Oh, oh, uh, I, the mortality three times. No, I, the I rate. said that before. I, mean, I said it before. Is that uh, that uh, as I said it to killing no, babies. Yeah, uh, killing babies. Like I said, about uh, these Indo-Chinese immigrants from a war zone in Vietnam, in Laos, in Cambodia, where U.S. dropped so many bombs. They have already witnessed like mm. an unbelievable level of violence. Therefore, they can be, you know, desensitized with the violence. They may be more, you know, toward, uh, uh, using gun violence to address their grievances. I, you know, I have talked about the uh, Tyree Nichols. I have said the police, especially black cops, they should have known that every time you can encounter a black person, that person have two conditions you need to be aware of. Medically speaking, most of them have some kidney problems, respiratory problems, asthma. You know, you talk about Eric Gardner and, uh, you know, George Floyd. They may be drug users too. Oh, right? you're so considerate. No, he, yes, he, he, but you're no, so no, no. considerate, second, sir. Second. They have no... Second. <laughs> Go ahead, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Second, <laughs> due to the generation of generations of racial oppression, which is on the record. They all have some mental problem too. I, I have been in conversation with this uh, African-American woman who is a mental health counselor in West Virginia. Mm-hmm. She told me that she said, she said, Peter, you know, she will say 90% of African-Americans need mental counsel- health counseling. I said, I agree. 90%, uh, uh, 100%, or or they're certified insane. This is why... is not only mental health. You should start categorizing as people as disabled. Let's call it that. Yeah, yeah. It's another way, yeah. You know, if you're born with a disability... Impaired, or, I like, I like impaired. Trauma, intergenerational yeah. tra- yeah, trauma. I like impaired. Let's just call it you're disabled. Yeah. Whether impaired. you're trans, you're black, you have all the okay, disabled. Get a paycheck from Im- social security and put and get and no, get no, a normal benefits. I like impaired. Okay. So basically, I will have an episode for you for uh, I call it house okay. slaves, uh, and uh, about this uh, <laughs> Memphis situation, right? Because I want to let things come out and find out exactly what happened and all that. So so now, uh, if you guys don't mind, I'm going to finish off about this uh, civil rights memorial the last point i'm missing well, one thing uh, one thing one no no one thing one thing i'm sorry because it's important the pro the profile that you have in your mind of the average um u.s police officer i think might need to be iq adjusted okay <laughs> be, be, right no i'm serious no no because if you look at the well if you look at your, your typicals you have a lot of military people that were in the military too so it really it really screams you know non-critical thinkers it really it really screams you know establishment um um you know maintainers there's a profile that's consistent that profile is not going to have them even and, and then you're also talking about domestic abusers uh, you're, you're talking about a lot of absentee um, uh, absentee fathers sort of has a place in the house but but is often not there uh, these these people don't have like sort of the emotional intelligence or um, uh, oftentimes the the uh, sort of the the intellectual bandwidth uh, to to be considering um, the, the people that they encounter most often as um, as uh, sort of full full persons, mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, they come, their mindset is us, them. Yep. Yep. Period. Yep. Yeah. Totally. Yep. So I totally agree. The, uh, you know, I actually said before, so I feel that, uh, especially a lot of uh, black youth, uh, when they encounter police, they consider the police the occupier. Mm-hmm. Like they consider themselves a colonized people. Like you know, back in like four hundred years ago, and you know they subjugated. Yeah, they, they, they they have grounds to believe so completely. Yeah. They 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 their attitude towards the police is like the Viet Cong towards uh, American soldiers. You know, and, you know mm. that you know, mm. and uh, even though those Viet Cong knows the Americans has better arms, they still fight because they, they don't give a shit. You mm-hmm. know, and uh, well, it's, it's it's the last uh, or or to some is seen as the last. Um, or it seems it seems the only self-expression you can have is like literally resisting arrest. Exactly. I mean, literally. Exactly. That's the only way you can express. It. Like no one's interested in anything else. Uh, you you have to say because. And I just want to say this: there is a slew of black scholars uh, working in universities, uh, working in research, um, and, and accomplished in their in their own rights. Um, so the fact that you see people like Kanye or Tyree Irving or DL Hughley, all these, all these names that are most often thrown to you uh, a lot of times by, I hate, not trying to use this term, but by the left, uh, by media. Um, why, why is it these people are, are speaking on behalf of sort of the black populace? You have to understand all of that is chosen. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. you have people, yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then you, when you have people, when they start the conversation about uh, 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 black people, or they start the conversation about race relations, they use these spokespersons as the black position. And, you know, that's, that's literally quicksand because uh, this guy's an athlete. He didn't go to college. He didn't, I mean, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? He's, mm-hmm. the, and this other guy, he's a, he's a comedian. And it, uh, and now flip the, flip the other side of that coin, the entertainers, uh, within the dominant society, are often highly educated and are are have, have crossovers are, have come from other places um, of of accomplishment. Some of them uh, academia, uh, some of them in uh, some sort of um, you know uh, arts or theaters, having been having been brought up that way, uh, having training or whatnot. So even even though they're an entertainer, or even though their job is entertainment, they're in a much more informed. Um, enlightened, abreast um, um, position to be able to speak on behalf of anybody more than their own household. So I just want to uh, make that caveat so people can have that in the back of their mind when they pop the next goofy black person up on the TV talking about something that's supposed to have something to do with the populace. And you're like, well, why do they think about it that way? They don't. Yep. Yep, totally. It's all selective, <laughs> and uh, like how, it, you know how they and, ask uh, Miss Miss America how she's going to accomplish world peace. I totally agree. <laughs> yes, <laughs> right on, spot on, Heidi. Heidi. So let me talk about the last thing I observed. This actually is you all will appreciate. This is the last thing that's really a shame that is happening. I came to a civil rights memorial for another reason. This memorial is designed by a Chinese. Take a guess. Who designed it? 
Anyone? It was designed by a Chinese. Her name is Maya Lin, M-A-Y-A-L-I-N. The same one. Oh, well, here we go. That's the person who also designed the Vietnam War Memorial in Washington, D.C. Maya Lin, she, I'll tell you this, there is a lot of controversy, not just about the Vietnam War, also about the memorial for that Vietnam War. There's a many, many books written about the memorial of that Vietnam War, not about the war itself. Maya Lin has never once come up and talked to the author. By the way, they are all white authors writing about the process of building that Vietnam War memorial. So let me repeat, Maya Lin has never agreed to be interviewed by any of those white authors. What happened in that war, the memorial, uh, Vietnam War Memorial, that war in D.C. is also a case of white privilege in culture, which I am going to talk about in the future. Because of the tremendous success of that Vietnam War Memorial, NAACP asked Marilyn to do this memorial called the Civil Rights Memorial in Montgomery, Alabama. Lynn has no training or no knowledge or no interest <laughs> in civil rights. She confessed. She has zero knowledge about civil rights struggle or all that. She's just an architect, an art student. When she got uh, agreed to do this project, she has to study the civil rights movement. She's particularly taken by, the, by this saying by MLK. MLK said, until justice rolls down like waters and righteousness like a mighty stream. So she was inspired by MLK's words. So she designed this civil rights memorial according to MLK's words, until justice rolls down like waters. So when I... Can I go ask... Go, well, no, go ahead. I was going to say, are we are we the only country that does this kind of crap? Because, like, what what you're telling, like, what I'm the thing I'm thinking from what you're saying is, th is this why we're so shallow as a nation? Like, there's no substance, there's no depth. Yes, because Heidi, we, we yes yes no but no Heidi, other okay. shares but our, our history. Yeah, I'll tell yes. Heidi. Yeah, this is a great question, Heidi. I, I have said this before. You I will say it again. I truly believe our history is whitewashed especially the history of our wars overseas. They're so whitewashed. That's why we're having so many wars after the Vietnam War. You would think after the Vietnam War, we will be very careful oh. getting involved, right? You saying we okay. need an autopsy. Yes, exactly. You're saying we need federal autopsies of they all are of never... We need an autopsy of, of class shootings. We need to take all of these things apart, exactly. see what the components Street are, like hang them out on a line. Yes. So everybody can look at it and study each and every piece until it's at least obvious. You know, that would do a lot for some of the telltale signs of, you know, what might be a potentially dangerous situation. If if people at least had, you know, the uh, what kind of the base, the base information, the base components of the, the who, what, when, where and a, and a reasonable understanding of why. 
uh, then would we not be empowered to, 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 to intervene? Yes, exactly. We need to dig deeper. And with these, like these people that you're talking about, these scholars, these academics who know the history and they know what they're talking about. And we need to publicize that. So we have access to it. Like not just when we go to college, everybody needs to know this kind of stuff. So basically in the mainstream media and all the publication about the Vietnam War by the most progressive authors, you name them. Now, every one of them will say, at best, will say, it's a, our hubris. It's a tragic mistake. It's done during the mm-hmm. fog of war. The fog of war, like this is by uh, Manara. They say, uh, it's, you know, we're in the fog. We don't see everything. No, no. I was like, you don't no, know it. You, you just think these little Vietnamese guys, they are no taller than our teenagers. They will yep. run away. They thought it's, they were going to be pushovers. Yes, they will be yeah. like a savage, like a Native Americans. We just shoot some, fire some shots. They will run away. That's what should actually happen, you know. And so, so, so let me continue with the, this uh, uh, MLK saying: "Until justice rolls down like waters and righteousness like a mighty stream, everything about water, like righteous, uh, you know, like uh, you know, may righteousness flow like a, you know, mighty stream." So Maya Lin did this. Uh, you can Google. You can get the image of that. So the, the mm-hmm. display is that there will be running water goes through this flat surface with the name of the civil rights victims carved on that. Well, guess what? When I show up, there's no water. There's no running water. Wow. So I asked, I said, what happened to this memorial? Because that, that's the centerpiece of the memorial. Right. Mm-hmm. The, the, the museum staff said, well, it's been broken for a while. I said, do you know when it could be fixed? We don't know. Here mm-hmm. is the insulting part. Hear me out. Right next to, next to the Civil Rights Memorial is a building, huge building, very magnificent building. It's called the Alabama Center for Commerce. In front of that building, there's a three walls, granite walls, with a running water down from fountain, you know, a waterfall from that fountain. Three of them. Each one is a bigger, much bigger than the size of that civil rights <laughs> memorial. They are running just working fine. well. Of course. Yeah. It's the thing well. that makes money. Yeah. Yeah. It's called That's the Alabama Center for Commerce. It's, it's, so it's, justice it's can stop, profit cannot. Mm. Right? The justice can stop. But the profiteering Profit, must yeah. go on. I was like, what the F is that? <laughs> <laughs> this is America. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I was going to say that's the exact message they want to get through. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, Amanda, I, mean, I, I will take your call immediately after I finish. So, I will say, if a, but, M- but think about it, Peter. If, a, if, a, think about if it, Peter. MLK is alive today, I will tell him this. Mm. Today, mm. justice does not roll down like waters. Meanwhile, white righteousness continue to flow like a mighty stream. It mm. is the white ethicism, the white journalism, culturally enslaved the racial minorities. And it is a judicial white privilege that sustained legal oppressions against racial minorities. 
Oh, I see what you're saying. The only good news today <laughs> is that, you know, now I'm just glad, like I said in the last episode, these days, two group people on the extreme opposite of the political stru- uh, spectrum scream about so-called the two-tiered justice system. One side is Donald Trump and a Hannity, John Hannity, and the other side is BLM. We do have a two-tiered justice system, but we have to stop. We have to stop that. We have to fundamentally change and reform that. You know, so so that you know is what I want to uh, talk about the uh, civil rights memorial. So I'm going to invite uh, Amanda to speak as she uh, tried to call in earlier. So that is, uh, I was like, the centerpiece of the Civil Rights Memorial, which is basically a granite surface with the running water covering the, uh, the all the victims of the Civil Rights Movement. But, the, 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 but the, you know, symbolizing what MLK said. What? But that's correct. It's correct. That's That is very accurate. I think it would be... I think it would be less accurate if the founding if the fountain was working properly. The the waters are not running. <laughs> you know, the justice is that's not happened. Uh so perhaps that that symbolic um uh mismaintenance is just indicative. Maybe that should be an indicator to somebody who doesn't have the knowledge of um of history that that we have. Maybe that that itself might be an indicator that hey, this ain't this ain't really all right, <laughs> you yeah. know. We, um, you know, I felt that uh, this this uh, a broken uh, centerpiece of the memorial said it all, says it all. Perfect, right? Yep, perfect. Not only symbolically, yep, this civil rights memorial mm-hmm. is a piece of uh, I call it a, a leftistic <laughs> work. You know, mm-hmm. whitewashed civil rights. Oh, left, leftist work. Yeah, yeah. leftist, uh, a product of leftist ideology, yep. the neoliberals. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And these are the, you know, whatever anybody wants to call progressive. I, you know, it's amazing when I hear the term progressive. I'm like, from what? What's the progress? What's the actual what? progress? The progressive. Makes? Yes, Peter, because I, I, I think I've got a notion. Uh-huh. I might be wrong here, but I'm, I'm going to ask you this. I think. That I think that you're of the mindset. I mean, so far it's just a theory or a, a hypothesis. Um, but I believe that you, with the research you've done, you know enough to know that perhaps uh, what some contend is the case that there was not a progression in black civil rights uh, fundamentally. Uh, substantively, uh, but everything that we've experienced post post 1975 has literally been a a sham um, to to keep um, to keep sedated, to keep a, a, a group of people sedated as compared to actually black people actually needing to accept a history as as it happened, which is that we lost the push for equal citizens. Exactly. 
Exactly. And the, we lost. Exactly. The, like I said, the <laughs> only good news is that through the Dobbs decision by the U.S. Supreme Court, the women is rising up against. Right. Yeah. So, so I'm, yeah. you know, the illegitimacy. Yeah. yeah. The illegitimacy. Yeah. You know, put, yeah, put, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, I don't mean to cut short. Because it's well, it, and the other thing, I, I was able to deduce that because of the, uh, your emphasis on the courts, which I had not paid enough attention to. It's there. The courts are actually a more a more alive, more in, uh, influential than any of the other entities that we're exactly. talking about. Because everybody, when things break down on the streets, everybody's like, "Oh, okay, I'm gonna have my day in court." We'll deal with it in court. Cop does you wrong if you if you've been mis misaccused, if you if if you're trying to sue somebody or anything. Companies, look at what happened with the the, the Nader and Chris Hedges lawsuit um, that the Supreme Court refused refused to hear. Mm-hmm. They refused to hear it after the uh, uh, I think the appellate. Uh, I think it got overturned. I think they 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 won. Then it got overturned. Then they appealed it, and the Supreme Court said, "No, you have no standing." You have no standing. He was a presidential candidate. Chris Hedges was a, a you know, was a war correspondent, um, actually worked for Enterprise for, you know, the, the, the lion's share of his career. He worked for Enterprise, a, a um, an incredible intellect. Um, but just to, you know, to bring it back home and say, well, you, you don't have any noteworthy um, progressions. And uh, in Martin Luther King's deduction in one of his last uh, public um, uh, public uh, speaking events uh, said that he that the that the economic issue uh, was lar- is larger than the social um, uh, than the social issue, mm-hmm. and that it was a mistake of of his um, uh, it was a mistake of of his inner circle. Or his his intellectual um, the intellectual that was uh, working with him at the time it was a mistake to pursue uh, instead of um, uh, econ- the, the um, um, economic policies or restoration policies uh, reparation policies um, instead of the uh, social thing and actually they some believed that he was he was led to the social. Um, the, the social movements, uh, as opposed to the two things which they did not want him to deal with, which I think ultimately got him killed, I believe, was the Vietnam War. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the, I, or, you know, or speaking out against the war, he had too many ears at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were trying to put out too many other anti-war fires. Yep. Um, no, he was two birds in one the, uh, stone. King in the Wilderness. It's an HBO production about what happened after mm. he made that uh, uh, Riverside Church uh, speech. And uh, no, I don't remember oh, all okay. the details. It's I'll called like The that. King in the Wilderness. Yeah. He basically, he is even King. abandoned by his own people, some of his own people. And yes. uh, you know, yeah. uh, I saw the picture of this uh, King meeting with LBJ when LBJ is signing the Civil Rights Act. I was like, it's a fucking trick. You know why? Like I said earlier, mm-hmm. the so-called the civil rights cases decided by U.S. Supreme Court in 1883 is actually taking away the civil rights, right? That, like, that's mm-hmm. why the Congress, uh, LBJ, in order to get the support from MLK for his Vietnam War, he tried to dangle this Civil Rights Act 
Mm-hmm. If, you know what I'm saying? It's a fucking political trick. Yeah, but MLK was not a lawyer. Yeah, and 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 Martin Luther King was not a lawyer. Exactly. Uh, nor was he. Nor was he. Well, you no. know, it's like the Indians making treaties with the the, the U.S. government. Yeah. No, no. So what I'm trying to uh, get is this: as we know, the U.S. Supreme Court say in Dobbs' decision saying. Uh, women's right to privacy is no more, not written in the Constitution. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, now the, it's, uh, the Congress, some of the Congress people say, oh, let's make a law giving that right. Mm-hmm. It's the same exercise because the courts knock out the civil rights of the, for the, for the African Americans, uh, when the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendment was just made. It's, uh, it has to take another 90 or 80 years to, for Congress mm-hmm. to make another law. Who gave that rights to the African Americans? That's BS. You know, that's total BS. So, so that is something. Again, uh, Brady, you want to say something? I apologize. Uh, we are probably Brady. Brady, go ahead. Greetings. I had something, but I just got distracted. I'm just listening now, listening to you guys talk. Um, I don't have anything at the moment, but good to see you guys. Sorry. Oh, no worries, Brady. So actually, I'm going to conclude. Just it's a Greetings. quick uh, conclusion. Uh, blaming police for police brutality in the wake of the death of uh, Tyree Nichols is like blaming Vietnam War veterans for war atrocities in Vietnam. To me, it's the uh, white majoritarian democracy that is the evil eye and the uneven hand of the current form of our government. You know, it's this uh, WND, white majoritarian democracy, that oppresses racial minorities. For me, each of us, under the Constitution, has a right and have a duty to alter the current form of government by abolishing white privilege and by first abolishing the judicial white privilege. So that is, you know, what I want to say. With this kind of injustice coming down from the courts from time to time, there will be more injustice. And the more injustice will bring more violence. And more violence will just bring more violence. And that's not what we want to see. So, so, that, so that is what I want to talk about you know, today. Fantastic information. Um, I want to add that I, in the words of Malcolm X, uh, what he said after the Kennedy assassination, I think is the only encouragement that interested parties um, should can prudently uh, embrace is the chickens coming home to roost statement. Um, I think maybe about 10 years ago, there was um, a there was a presenter uh, that I was uh, privy to, and one of the things that he said that really stuck to me is he said that um, the quote unquote, and this might be controversial, the quote unquote good whites or well-meaning whites have for too long looked the other way as the monster ate others. Now the monster's appetite is bigger than others, and it takes more to feed the monster. So as the monster eats on itself, 
Um, what you what you're um, uh, asserting as far as violence breeding more violence um, is 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 how things come to a fore. Uh, essentially, in, in in layman's terms, when white people have to experience the type of violence that the power structure visited has visited or levied among the oppressed, um, then there'll be the um, uh, there'll be critical mass movements for change. Yep. That's it. And I, I would end by saying I think the incentives are what need to change going forward. The future uh, can be ours if we can teach people to uh, and change a system so that it incentivizes um, better behavior in humans. Totally agree. Yep. Yep. Reward, reward honesty. Yep. Exactly. exactly. Not just honesty, respect. And meritocracy. Well, I don't want to say meritocracy, but but um, uh, uh, acknowledgement of of past uh, the true history and going forward uh, uh, with authenticity and respect for our fellow human being. Totally. Yeah. When when uh, I think when Adrian says children come home to the roost, I was like, we ship more weapons. Uh, and the killing machine machineries yep. overseas, yep. and we're also experiencing mass shootings in this country. You know, how about mm-hmm. for, for a reward? You know, let, let's keep it even, right? It's uh, you know, mm-hmm. if we think peace, then peace will come. If we continue to think violence, and you know, if we keep thinking that we are superior than others, morally or otherwise, then we're only inviting more injustice, more violence upon for our you know towards ourselves. You know, and uh, absolutely. And Sally, Sally makes the point that it applies also for foreign intrusion. Absolutely, Sally. This oh, is geez, what yeah. going to the world. Yes. I, yeah, I think, it's, I, I, you know, I think we're coming into a, a and I'm just, you know, shooting from the hip here. But I, I think we're coming into a, um, a, a, a karmetic realm with respect to the United States. Um, and um because it's it, what do I want to say? That it, it, it seems as though the um, uh, the breaking point is near. Yes, that's it. The breaking point um, at, at which you know you, you cannot you know continue to um, sort of s- sweep things under the rug when so many different groups are affected. And I think the Dobbs decision might have even done it. Oh, I'm interested. Peter, what do you think about this? What do you, why do you think they made the Dobbs decision? Oh, there will be this, an episode. You know, speculation. In, 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 oh, okay. In, okay. in <laughs> honor of the, this is Supreme Court leaker, I'm going to do it on the, on the one year anniversary of that leak of the opinion. I, uh, I actually share okay. this with uh, a, a, a calling host and a listener, uh, July. And, uh, you know, she, she is, uh, 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 she uh, she is one of those uh, insiders of the legal profiteering industry. <laughs> she appreciates my my mm. show because uh, she grew up with uh, six lawyers, and uh, she grew up in Tennessee. Oh yes, and, uh, I heard so, that. So so yeah. and uh, I, I have shared my my theory <laughs> f- with her already. You, know, you can tell I'm not a I don't consider myself a left or or, or right. I consider myself a radical centrist. Because I do believe we must have a justice system that 
how to scale, you know, evenly for whoever, whenever, you know, under any circumstances. And, uh, and uh, you know, I actually is going to utilize the so-called originalism or textualism used by the conservative justice in the U.S. Supreme Court to say how bad, to show how bad this Dobbs decision has been. And and the and the women's actually are treated like the black people in the Dred Scott decision that they do not have the full <laughs> and equal citizenship under the Constitution of the United States. It's it's you know I'm going to show you know the audience that actually is why it's so wrong, and, and that the, my explanation will explain why the Roe decision Roe v. Wade is decided by five conservative justices. I'm pretty sure they are more Christian than today's justices. They actually agree that women has the autonomy to her body, not the government. And this All right. yeah. question. You know, they, yeah. They are, uh, no, yeah. Uh, well, one of the questions. So yeah. I, Why they are, I'll be looking forward yeah, to it. Yeah, they're more, they're more <laughs> conservative than today's justice. Then how come today's justice will, oh, will, yeah. will reverse their decision? You know, I'll, I'll share that with you. And uh, but like, it fits to the my narrative. The courts is a political tool, not a place, yep. not a venue for justice. That's mm-hmm. been that case since no. the beginning, and that has to change. Yep. So, so, so radical centrism is actually holding them to account for equal treatment under the law. You, you radical, you Peter. But no, seriously, I can totally. <laughs> I'm yeah. radical. Yes, I'm very radical. Right. Yeah. That's no, before. that's radical. It is. Yeah. That's serious. I agree. You know, it's not about whether you're Republican or Democrats or where you are one or you're black or white. No, you know, like I think I, sh- I have shown plenty that I don't hate any people. I'm just saying, here's no. what the court says. Yeah, this is what happened. The, the way it should be is this. And and know that, you know, so. But and, Peter, to cement, yeah. and to cement Adrian's point, I was going to say, I think it's a natural law of like what goes around comes around. I think you're right, Adrian. The shit's going to, it is hitting the fan, but, it seems like. But, you know, but real quickly, yeah. guys, because I'm going to get going. Peter, you still owe me the communist show. We're going to do <laughs> Yes. You know, the communist, to, uh, communist here in America to me, you know, I consider them just the, the I call it leftishism, <laughs> meaning that they just show <laughs> that they are, oh, I'm communist, I'm progressive, so black people should like me. It's just another virtual signaling it, thing. It doesn't go anywhere. It, it, it's kind of like the little girls that went to the conference, the communist conference, and came back to their parents and said, look, mom, we're communists now. We're socialists now. Exactly. What good? That's it? You know, what, you know, what's the progress <laughs> you're going to make as a progressive? Zero. Well, trust. What is it? In God, we trust. It, 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 you know, uh, yeah, exactly. Like, like, no, no. Go. In God, we, that's the biggest lie. Yeah, it, you think it, about it. It's the, it's the biggest lie ever, and it's on every single piece of money. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, I hear what you're saying. In God, we trust. <laughs> you see what uh-huh. I'm saying? It's you know that's and that's what I was speaking of earlier about the words. Mm-hmm. That the power is in the words. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, uh, yep. yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I it's a good trip. I don't feel uh, wasting my time because I'm going to the uh, Alabama archive and history to dig out what I need. And the great news is this: for the Memphis, uh, Tennessee case, basically the Memphis sanitary worker strike case, I already got connected with the public library of Memphis. They told me they should have the material that I'm looking for. So that's, that's already half of the mission 
I want to accomplish. And uh, so, so in Alabama, I'm just going to dig out, you know, what I need to dig out. Again, it's all about why Rosa Parks' conviction for refusing to give up his stance, even after mm-hmm. the U.S. Supreme Court. Well, Peter, mm-hmm. the next physical or the next material thing you see out of place whenever you're in one of these, like the, the non-working fountain, Please, if you could just take a picture. Oh, I have the picture. And, oh, uh, I have the picture. Oh, wonderful, I have the picture. wonderful. I have the video I tell you what. of the flowing water in Alabama Center for Commerce. Literally, is a oh, 20 nice. feet from the Civil Rights Memorial. <laughs> and the fountain the in the Civil Rights Memorial does not flow. It does not flow for a long right. time. And they do not know yeah. when they're going to fix it. It's their words, not my words. Mm. I'm just a mm. personal witness. You know, this and the water in the drinking, the water in the drinking fountain ain't cold. <laughs> <laughs> they probably, they, they probably should pull back that this section is for color yeah. people only. At least to reflect yeah, the right. reality in the history. Keep it real. Exactly. Keep it Keep real. Keep it real. Exactly. Yeah. So. But that's it. Isn't that what the museum is compared to the museums that you've been to? Isn't that what the museum is? It's the colored museum. It's the colored fountain. It's the same thing, you know, essentially it's the same thing. Anything you can find that is that definitely that's state sponsored or, or federally funded, anything that you can find that's been exclusively designated. I don't use the term African-American. I just say black. It, is this exclusively designated for black people? You will find that there are stark uh, contrasts, uh, shortcomings in quality, uh, craftsmanship material used i mean just every every uh component of that uh, uh the, the um every comp- every component of that uh, facility is visibly of a lower grade or a lower standard than other comparable facility or other uh, facilities bearing like titles yep words all words this is great, Peter. Thank you. I always learn a lot with with uh, just just even listening in. It's like a wealth. I feel like you. I feel like I was in in a lecture. I was in a uh, uh, an engaged lecture. So I appreciate that. I appreciate. I know it. it takes time to do the research. That is always mm-hmm. my goal. Just have an intelligent conversation. You know, I will never uh, 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 put you down because you have some opinion against my uh, uh, my uh, finding or discussion. No, I mean I strongly encourage you know everybody's uh if who disagree with me just say it you know you call in and all that so uh yeah but you know actually you guys please uh if you have other friends on calling know that please forward you know my my show to to those folks because uh i do believe that uh, uh more people should learn about you know the topics i'm covering so brady any other thoughts Okay, Brady probably is doing something else. And uh, yeah, if nothing else, uh, well, thank everybody. I want to thank everybody to to join me today. And uh, I'll see you uh, next Sunday. And you definitely will see me in and out uh, during these days because, uh, you know, I'm doing my research and then, you know, listening. Uh, you, uh, 